Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. This is Julie Story, and this is your host for crazy life stories, real life stories, true life stories about being a boss babe, wife, mother, entrepreneur, and I'm inviting you into the journey. I'm getting real and raw on this podcast, telling you the highs and lows of what it's like running a personal brand, plus hopefully making you laugh, making your day better, and giving you wisdom along the way. So that's what you're going to get here in this podcast episode. I think you're really going to love it. So first of all, I tell you an extremely dramatic story. Like it's the most, it is absolutely the most. And I talk about, um, some other life stuff that happened with me and the kids. I introduce you to my niece in this podcast in the first segment. The second segment I'm dropping wisdom like it's hot. I'm sharing a little bit more about what it's like dealing with self-doubt, talking more about the wisdom behind that, giving you some practical um, things that I do and things that I've been doing to help me kind of deal with self-doubt. And just, I think this conversation needs to be had more often because there's a lot of people that kind of deal with this in silence. And listen, if you've dealt with self-doubt, you are not alone. So I'm giving it all to you right here, right after the message from my sponsors. Hello and welcome back. (laughs) Sounds like such a radio show. I'm glad that you're here. Get set down because I'm about to tell you some stories. Okay. And I'm wrestled with this one. Like this happened this week. And as soon as it happened, I thought, should I podcast this now? Or should I give myself some time to process this thing. I feel bad. Like, I don't even know. Like, maybe I'm just embarrassed for myself. Like, let me just preface this by saying all of this is completely like a me thing. I have watched too many crime documentaries. That's really what I've come down to realizing. And I, I kid you not, I've had to take a break because I love the mysteries. I love watching listening to these various stories. I don't know what my problem is. Like, and I feel like I'm not the only one. Like, I feel like it's all these people that love to like watch this stuff, obviously. But, um, I've watched too many because I, I'm just very aware. I'm cautiously aware of like life and, um, this thing happened. So I'm just going to tell you, and I'm going to be really honest. So just don't judge me. We, had something happen with our air conditioning this week and um we needed to have somebody come over and like you know check our air conditioning and my husband is really sweet and he always checks with me to see like am I okay with having you know somebody come over while you know he's not here and generally I don't prefer that option I just I don't want to be in a house like alone with a stranger it's just like a thing it just makes me feel uncomfortable so but in this case um we really need to have it done and so I say you know no problem have somebody come so I have to say this the gentleman that came over was completely and totally delightful okay he was sweet and loved my dog and like this has nothing to do with him as I'm about to tell you this next part I'm gonna take full responsibility of everything that happens up until this point in the next little bit so he is really sweet and like I don't feel uncomfortable like he's doing his thing it's fine like he's extremely respectful like I feel like I just don't want anybody to think that any of this has to do with this gentleman because he was just completely great But what happened was 
I was asking him about my daughter's bedroom and there was like a vent and the kids are at school and there's like a the vent like where the air conditioning comes out it the um the grates were kind of angled oddly and so he says to me hey do you have um a screwdriver that I can go up there and kind of pry the the grates and I said yeah no problem so I go out in the garage and I'm looking for our tools and I can't find a larger one so he's like you know don't worry about it I'll get you know I'll get one from my van so uh he goes to his van and <laughs> I feel so bad like I feel bad that this is where my mind went like I just feel so terrible but I feel like I I wouldn't be alone he goes out to his car and he gets the biggest knife I have ever seen in my life somebody carrying like this knife was legit he called it a duck knife so he's walking back now into my home with this huge knife and I start like I about lost my mind I was like this is it this is it like I'm this is it I'm over like a recipes Julie story because this is it and it was just like it wouldn't have been so bad if I hadn't watched so many crime documentaries and it wouldn't be have been it would have been totally cool if um, he had just go, gone and got a screwdriver, but he legit got a duck knife. I don't know if you've ever seen a duck knife. I imagine they called a duck knife is because what they cut ducks open with. Okay. So now he's walking back into my home with this huge knife and I immediately start going into what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do if something goes down and like, it had nothing to do with him. Like, I just want to like reiterate, he was so kind and gracious, but he was walking into my home with a knife and I about lost my mind. So, um, he has this knife and he comes, he like goes back to my daughter's room. He's like, here, come here for a moment. And like every single documentary I've ever watched has like started playing through my mind. I was like, no, I do not want to come there. I pick up my dog. I start like developing this plan in my mind. Like I'm staying a good distance away. I don't know. Like I um, would, would you feel this way? Would you feel like, oh heck no. Like go put the knife back in your, in your van. Like we need to not have the knife a part of the situation at this point. And the reason that he grabbed it, he said later after I didn't go like I was like standing far away and like he was he was using the knife to pry open the the grates and he said later on oh you know I'm really short which he was a little bit on the shorter side so he needed something longer to like actually reach up there and when he was done with the knife he put it in his back pocket and I um lost my mind I just was like on the inside I was like oh my goodness right now and on the outside I'm like yes okay thank you yes like I was like just I don't know like I feel bad that that was my response but it just was like I don't even know what to do I've never had a person I've never had an individual that I don't know bring a knife into my home like it was just one of those moments where you're like what the heck is happening right now why is this happening like I this is it's and again, it had nothing to do with him. It just had everything to do with it. Just this a situation of like, at what moment has that ever happened? Like, you don't know how you're going to deal with a stranger coming into your home with a knife until a stranger comes into your home with a knife. Like, this is my internal state was like, not nah, okay. So he had to go and like get a part to fix our, uh, <laughs> our air conditioning. And I was texting Andre. I was like, just so that you know, um, you know, give my computer to the kids. 
like, I love you. You know, like I just like started like saying goodbye. And he was like, oh my gosh. He just thought I was so dramatic. And like, I told my sister later on, she's like, Julie, you really need to calm down. And I was like, what do you mean I need to calm down? No, I need to amp it up. Like I went on a run yesterday morning and I just started thinking about, this is so crazy. Why am I this ridiculous? I started thinking about kickboxing classes. Like I just started realizing I have no way to defend myself. Like I need to like amp this up. Like I like, and I'm already five, two. And I always tell my husband, I'm like, I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm so small and like I feel like somebody could just pick me up and start running away. I told him this on a walk the other day and he's like, Julie, he's like, what's the last time you saw somebody pick up a hundred and, you know, 17 pound person and just start running? He's like, that stuff is hard. Like people don't just do that. Oh my gosh. So silly. Oh man. I need to stop watching movies. Like it's just, I just, no, I can't. I shouldn't be doing that anymore because obviously I have some stuff that I need to work out apparently. But yeah, that all that was a true all that was just crying. Like all that was a true story. And of course, the gentleman was delightful and wonderful and did his job amazing and he left and everything was fine. Um, but I, you know, I had just had to work through that that trauma and I will also be, you know, taking kickboxing classes or like yeah, just just all that <laughs> ridiculous I know and and then in the moment the only thing I could think of is if I'm holding my dog it will it will it will be better for like the first the only thing I could think of was like we're in this together like I'm not gonna leave my dog I'm not gonna leave my dog that's what happened when I and, and I told you about this in another podcast when the fire alarm went off and my body started panicking I immediately am like I'm saving the dog. And Andre, of course, is a teacher. And so he actually, you know, goes through all this training for, you know, keeping the kids safe in his classroom. And there's all this stuff that they do as teachers that they learn, which is amazing. And I'm I'm so glad that there's there's things happening to help protect our kids while they're at school. And he was telling me, you know, you have options when something's going down. You can either, you know, hide or run or fight. Like, those are your options. And um, he said to me, he's like, if anything ever happened, please, please just leave the dog. He's like, please just leave the dog and run. Like, and I, and I just was thinking that probably wouldn't be my first thought. Like, my first thought subconsciously is, I am not leaving Lucy behind. Like, this is not going to be happening. But he told me, like, please leave the dog. And apparently I, I forgot that when the knife was walking into my house. In any case, so that went down. Uh, that was that was the thing. That was something. That was something I had to work through. And then uh, yesterday I went and picked up my niece from school, which my niece, if you don't know, she is my third child. I have two children. My niece is also mine. And I texted my sister yesterday. I said, can you add my name to her birth certificate? I mean, at this point, she feels like mine. She is in my heart. And I helped name her, which I am so happy about. So her name is actually Bravery, which there's a whole beautiful story that my this is my sister's story. But um, I helped name her, and so I went and picked her up. So I had three three kids, and and I have decided that um, 
you know when when the weather when they they talk about the weather i'm gonna i'm gonna relate this back go on this tangent with me they talk about the weather and and they say hey it's this many degrees outside but it actually feels like this you know if you're living in a place that's cold you know i don't have that because i live in i live in florida so our temperature is either 80 or 90 like one of those but you know they'll say hey this is the actual temperature but it feels it feels like this this is what it feels like outside I have decided that that's the same thing with kids. You have a set number of kids. It You have three, but it feels like 25, like that kind of thing. So every time that I see a, a mother with more children than I do, I just, it's either you have two, which I get the two, or you have a thousand. Like I don't, I don't know what it's like to have more kids than what I have, except for when I get my niece. And um, my niece is six, and I forgot what six is like. Uh, you know, every time I see her, I, you know, I remember, oh, we're at six right now. Okay, we're at six. And she's so incredibly brilliant, and she loves my kids, and it's just she loves coming over, and she's just, she's really sweet, very, very smart, um, which means that, um, you know, smart kids like to do this thing called talking, it's, and it's a lot of talking, <laughs> It's non-stop talking. And I remember my daughter was like this. My son wasn't so much like this for just many reasons, personality reasons. But I decided I decided that I was going to stop at Walmart uh, after I picked and I have the three kids because I needed to pick up printer paper and I wanted to celebrate my successes for this week little high five moment for myself at some things that I'm working on and some new habits. And, you know, I just want to celebrate myself. So I thought it'd be really fun to celebrate with the kids and like, let them know, Hey, like I'm going to celebrate me and I want you to be a part of it and all this stuff. And in my mind, this is how this trip to Walmart went. I picked them up. They're happy. They're really excited because I made them all individualized snacks and little containers. And they're really happy about that. And um, the romanticized version of this trip went something like everybody goes in and they're all just, they can't stop laughing and smiling and holding hands and and complimenting me. I mean, we'll just throw that in there, complimenting me um, because my makeup was looking amazing. It turns out that's not what happened at all. As soon as they get in the car, Bravery, uh, she starts spilling the tea. (laughs) I haven't even told my sister bravery is the biggest tea spiller and that's something really interesting about kids they they don't know how to keep things private at all like if you want to know what's really going on behind the scenes take take the child in your life out to for tea because they will spill it all over the place like so in the car she's like spilling the tea on the story and i kept asking her questions and Laylee, my daughter's trying to like trying to like interpret the story but you know when kids spill tea it's very confusing because they don't understand how there's just huge gaps in the story that they're telling and so you're trying to fill in the gaps with using your imagination and it's often either dead on or completely off but you don't know so you have to ask the questions of the it's yeah you know so so then by the time we get to the store, the emotions are, are like, I already need some like essential oil diffusions on everybody or something. Cause everybody's like heightened stress because she's trying to tell this story. It's very confusing. Everybody's trying to figure out what she's saying. She's spilling the tea like crazy. 
So I'm just like, you know what? We're shutting this down. Okay, let, we're just going to go in the store. Everybody's like, my daughter's frustrated at me. My son is frustrated at me. So then we're walking in the store. And I kid you not, from the time that we walked in the store, in, in the paper, the, the printer paper for your business at Walmart, it's all the way in the back. Like, I wish they would have like, a business like section or like a mom, a work life mom balance section, just right at, in like the beginning of the store, kind of like the dollar spot at Target. But Walmart doesn't have that. No, no, everything that you need is always exactly opposite of where you need it. And of course, the item that you need, you know, in the middle of your week, it's just that one, it's that one thing, but it's always in the back. Have you ever noticed that? It's just like when you take your clothes out of the dryer. And you're like looking for that one shirt that you washed and dried because you were an adult and remembered. The shirt you need is never on the top. Why does that happen? It's always in the bottom. The one item that you need is always in the back. So now I'm, I'm walking with 25 children all the way to the back of the store. And the whole way, the whole way, all the way to the baby section. I know this because that's where I had to stop. The kids are complaining about the fact that they have to wear uniforms at school and the rules about uniforms at school. Bravery started complaining about the shoes that she had to wear at school in the parking lot. So now we have three kids who are all equally as expressive and creative in their clothing and their desire to to wear clothing a particular way. My son only wants to wear stretchy banded shorts and never, ever, ever wants to wear a sweatshirt or pants. So he has particular clothing preferences. My daughter wants to dress up in a new style theme every day. Also, she wants a new hairstyle every day, which by the way, she chopped off nine inches of her hair this past week and hasn't stopped talking about it since. And then you have the third child. The third child is like a blend of my two children very, very severe clothing preferences. And inside of those preferences, they don't want to be told what to do because they're also high leaders. Okay. High leaders that don't want to be told what to do. They're like wild stallions. That's what I like. That's kind of like what I like to call them wild stallion of children because they don't want to be controlled. They don't want to be told, you know, what they have to do and what they, you know, don't have to do. So now these are the three children complaining about their clothing issues. So we're going back to the paper. Well, halfway to the baby section, I had to stop my daughter and I had to get down at her level and I had to say, because she was upset. She was upset that her teacher corrected her on the clothing that she was wearing because she has been choosing to wear an item of clothing that is not uniform specific. I, I thought that I would like feel frustrated that my kids have to wear uniforms at school. No, no, no. I think this is one of the best things that's ever happened to them because we don't have clothing um, issues all the time. We only have them standing in the middle of Walmart. So I had to get down to her level and say, I know you're frustrated at your teacher because she corrected you, but you were actually the one who was in the wrong. Okay, you were the one in the wrong, so you need to calm down. By the time I got to the paper, I had to turn to all three of them and say, we are no longer going to complain about uniforms in school because we just walked 14 miles, and the only thing that I heard was complaints about uniforms at school. So then we're moving on to the celebration. 
halfway to the ice cream section, I had to remind Bravery again, we're going to stop complaining about um, the, <laughs> the uniform of the school. But the thing about, the thing about six-year-olds is that they, they have this beautiful thing that anything that pops into their mind, they just say. So, and they want your attention completely. This makes shopping at a grocery store for anything very difficult. You either, here's, here's the approaches. You either have Andre's approach and Andre's approach is he has learned to ignore children talking because he's in a room of 18 children right now. And all they do is talk. And, and then you have my approach, which he questions. And I questioned at the end of the shopping trip, I feel like if a child's talking to me, it's really rude to ignore them. I feel like if they're saying something, I need to direct my attention to them and give them my attention. But it's really difficult to think about what you're purchasing while this is going on. So I'm looking at the printer paper and Bravery is like, Julie, 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 because she calls me Julie. I don't know why she doesn't call me Aunt Juju, which is the preference I have. But in any case, Julie, Julie. Uh, Yeah, Brave. Yeah. I have to look at her. She says, I can tie my shoes. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, awesome, brave. Like, that's so great. I'm so glad you can tie your shoes. And I'm like, printer paper, printer paper. And it's Julie, Julie. I'm like, brave. I just need you. Just give me a minute. I just need a minute. Like, I just need to pay. So I grab the paper and then we're walking to the ice, ice cream and she's complaining about, and then we're at the, we're at the ice cream and like, I'm like, I'm looking, trying to like figure out what I'm going to buy. And all three of them are just talking at the same, like they all, they're all talking to me at the same time. It makes shopping trips really, uh, incredible. It makes them really, really incredible. And I finally just had to say, okay, I just need everybody to, I just need everybody to calm. Like, we're just going to not talk. We're just going to have the not talking time. And I was able to get out of the grocery store. This is just, this is what, um, life is with 25 children with one, even with one child, it, it is, it's extraordinary. So that was what's going on. I have been working so hard on some things that I've been creating and I realized as I've been creating them that I've been working on them for a really long time. I just didn't realize it. You know those moments where you have like all these pieces in your life that you've been putting energy towards and then they just kind of all synergize together and I'm so excited about um, sharing them because I feel like the, I feel like some of the issues that I've seen with personal brands really come down to just like belief systems and um, mindsets and some of those things. And, and it's so important that we kind of like deal with those things. And I talk a lot about like self-awareness here and you guys know like I'm, I'm a huge proponent of that. But in the middle of creating this, I've had to walk out my own like not mental blocks, but my own... Um, my own insecurities. And that's like really, like that word is even like, it's like when, uh, when in Lion King, when the, uh, the hyenas, like they say Mufasa, and they're like, ooh, like that's what I feel like, like my own insecurities. And what's so frustrating is like, I want the journey of confidence to feel like one and done. Have you ever felt that way where you're like, you know what, I've, I'm in a good place, like I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And then you kind of, you kind of reach a part of your soul where 
something comes up and you kind of like take that deep breath and you clutch your pearls and you're just like, what is this? Like, I don't feel like I don't feel confident and I came to slay. Okay. Like I'm Beyonce up in here. I don't feel confident. And, but like, I've gotten to those, those places while even creating this. And like, the crazy thing is, is that I've seen what, like what I'm creating and what I've learned. Like I've seen it totally transform my life. I've seen it transform other people's lives. I've seen how incredible this is. And yet there's these moments where I hit these like just walls of feeling like, am I, you know, am I enough? Is this good enough? That kind of thing. And I feel like I've gotten to the point now where I recognize that it's there and I've implemented some habits to help me kind of deal, deal with that beast. One of them is talking about it apparently because I'm always up in here like, hey, let me tell you that I've had insecurities while creating and let me tell you that I've walked, I mean, I did a podcast about, you know, about, about just what happens when you create a podcast and you see your listeners drop and And it it makes me, like those moments make me confront myself. And so I'm so grateful for them because they're not, I'm not labeling any of that as failures. I'm labeling all that as progress because like progress equals happiness. And it's, it is an indication of forward movement. I mean, if, if I wasn't hitting these things, it would be an indication of me not doing anything or me not moving at all. And I feel like everybody struggles with even the best of the best. I was talking to Andre about this last night. Like everybody struggles with feeling like, am I good enough? Am I, am I going to, am I, is this going to be good enough? And not, not struggle with like an ongoing thing. But I feel like even some of the most successful people in this country and in the world still have doubts that they have to confront. And it's not that they're living in doubts. I feel like if you live in that place where you're constantly, like every day, like just living in that and that is your norm, I feel like it's really, really difficult to create from that space because you're like, you're, you won't have the creative energy to like rise up and do something because you, you're living in that deficit. But if it's the, it's, if it's the exception, if it's like, you know, you're moving towards something, you're creating something, you're innovating and you come across this moment of self-doubt, I feel like that's an indication that you're human and like, and just recognizing that, yeah, those self-doubts, they're, they're going to come. Like, don't look at them expecting them. Like, whatever you look at is what you're going to become. But just know that they're going to be there and, like, recognizing what they feel like and what they feel like even on your body. I remember uh, hearing this story in, in the ministry school I was in. They were talking about, like, how to feel Holy Spirit. And um, in the school, they were talking, they, they gave us a beautiful example about how when a pilot is training to become a pilot, depending upon what kind of pilot they're they're becoming, they will actually put the pilot inside of a room and they will begin to lower the oxygen level inside of the room. So it's a you know it's enclosed area and they, they do it and they have a piece of paper and a pencil in front of them. And so every time that the, the, the pilot in training feels something on their body in relationship to the oxygen level changing, 
they want them to write it down because everybody's body responds differently to lack of oxygen. So they have to put them in an environment, a controlled environment, and lowering the oxygen so that the pilot can understand this is how my body responds. So if they're flying and their body begins to give them that indication, they already know what that is. It's kind of like a training, like, you know, a a training grounds essentially. And And so the school was relating that back to like Holy Spirit, like learning how God speaks to you, essentially learning how he shows up on your body in particular. And so everybody's different. Like God shows up on everybody's like, you know, like feeling the presence of God differently. And so just learning to recognize that. And and I kind of like related that back to this week. And I was talking to Andre about this last night of like, um, I'm learning to recognize how these kind of negative emotions start to show up on my body because I feel like, you know, our, our minds and our will, we can, we can direct that towards something. And also our subconscious and our souls and stuff that we've experienced, like the trauma we've experienced can start to show up, um, in contradiction of what we want to happen and and in contradiction of where we want to go. And I, I call those things and I've heard them called to like, they can be called like conflicting, um, conflicting intention. So you want something in one area of your life, but there you have a block that's actually in contradiction, um, to whatever, whatever it is that you're, you know, trying to accomplish. But in, in this past week, I just realized like, even though I'm focused and I'm excited and all these things are going on and I'm just like, I'm in such a great place and I'm just moving forward in my brand. I still have had these moments of doubt want to like link arms with me and come and hang out. And what I used to do is I used to entertain. I mean, you want to think about the the self-doubt as like a person. I used to entertain that. I would invite it to sit down. Let's have lunch together. Like, can I pour you a cup of coffee? Would you like to stay for the rest of the year? No, really, you should stay. And now, now like when they when it comes knocking, I, um, I recognize the knock on my body. Like I recognize, Oh, this is what this feels like. Oh, this is what this is. Okay. So instead of, um, entertaining it, inviting it to sit down, listening to it, taking notes, why it talks to me, um, definitely agreeing with it, which is what I used to do in various parts of building my brand. I now recognize that it's there and um, recognize that there's a part of my my soul, there's a part of my being that um, that feels unworthy. And when I say that now, it sounds so ridiculous. Like, and and I bet if you were gonna look at a friend that sat down with you and said, "I feel unworthy," you would immediately say, "What the heck are you talking about? That is so ridiculous. Like, why in the world are you even thinking that? You are so worthy. You're amazing. Like, you would just rise up and be your friends. You know, like." you know, protector and encourager. But then, um, it's a little bit more challenging when it's ourselves, isn't it? Like we sit down with our self doubt that we've entertained in various parts of our life and serve it tea. And that becomes the familiar norm instead of recognizing when it comes and, and, and dealing with it. And this is what I was talking about with Andre last night was just the the amazing like power like taking my own power back 
in acknowledging, hey, this, this is what, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. And I, I was telling him last night that it's so easy to look at some really successful people that we admire. Like there's personal brands that I admire, you know, Taylor Swift, Oprah, Gary Vee, you know, all these people that I'm seeing like be amazingly successful and influential and, and all these amazing things. And I look at what they've accomplished and, and look at, you know, the level that what their brand is at. And I never think, oh, you know what? I bet that they have had insecurities. I bet that they've had moments of self-doubt. Because there's a difference between, like I said, having a moment of self-doubt and like living in the land of self-doubtness. Like those are very, very different. There's a difference between self-doubt asking to come in and actually inviting self-doubt to come and hang out and be with you for the rest of the year. So I think just... It's just, um, it's encouraging to feel progress in that area. And also, also it feels sometimes like discouraging that self-doubt is even hanging out because I have to go back to myself and like what I believe in and, and kind of wrestle those things. And those things are not easy to wrestle, like dealing with, um, you know, dealing with those things are not easy to deal with. But I think going back and remembering purpose and remembering what it is that I, you know, what it is that I'm here to do and what, who I want to impact and who I want to influence and how I want to do that and how I want to use my gifts to love others really well and how I want to share my wisdom and and those kinds of things. Remembering those things and honoring those things in me is helping me kind of deal with this stuff. And I, and I think in studying, even just studying, um, failure this week and and looking at some some individuals and their perspective on failure like Will Smith has an amazing perspective on failure by the way he was talking about failure is one of your greatest teachers and there's a quote that said 99% of success is failure but sometimes we can connect that failure to our own value and um, that just totally wreaks havoc on what it is that we're creating because it it convinces us that we're less than and that, um, you know, somewhere along the lines, we have this idea that success looks like a a very straight road and it's really not because, and my ice machine just interrupted, excuse me, ice machine. Um, when we, uh, when we're walking towards something or we're willing to take a risk on something, we're going to have those moments where we're like, oh my gosh, like, am I, am I enough? And I, and I really believe firmly that we have to have habits and we have to have things that we're doing on a practical, you know, practical areas of our life to help us in kind of overcoming those things when, when they come up against us. And, and that's one of the things that Andre and I were talking about last night was just like, how much having some daily practical habits in place have really helped me kind of deal with that stuff and, you know, giving me a vision and all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, we get to decide, we get to decide how we deal with the things that come at us, right? Like we get to decide what we're going to do if a stranger goes and gets a knife and brings it into our house. Like we get to decide how we're going to show up in our space. And, you know, when, when those things are happening, you know, like it, it felt when all the kids were at the grocery store, they're all talking at the same time. Everybody's kind of feeling a level of stress because of the conversations that we're having. I was, I was very aware of what my body was feeling. And I decided to step in and be mindful to kind of deal with the, the, the feelings that I was feeling. 
I heard this past week in some of the the um, audios that I was listening to that are, I think it's something like 50% of our day is actually spent um, mindlessly. Like we're like, we don't actually consciously think of like walking. Like we just kind of walk, we do it. So the, the, the woman that was um, on the audio, she was talking about how we can actually, you know, we can actually step back in and become more mindful of what we're doing and, and being more mindful of our feelings that we can kind of take, take control of them and, and shift them. And not that we're ever going to all be perfect, but just being mindful and aware will help us, you know, take, you know, more of a stance of leadership in our own minds. Like we can, we can only lead ourselves. Like we have to first start leading ourselves. Like that we can only manage ourselves. We can lead other people, but we can only manage ourselves. So when we, when we're managing ourselves and we're leading ourselves, it's helping to put us in the best position possible to be able to kind of deal with the circumstances that are surrounding us in a way that is healthy, in a way that, you know, adds value to us and the people around us and, you know, becoming more mindful in, inside of our businesses, inside of our brands, so that we're no longer just doing tasks that don't really lead us anywhere. We're actually doing things that are moving us towards what's the most important thing to us and, you know, getting really honest about what are those things and, I think one of the things that I've noticed a whole lot in working with so many different women is that they have a tendency to jump from one thing to the next to follow the money. And what happens when women do that is they they step out of like what their purpose is and they actually try and become something that they were never meant to become. And they get really frustrated and they start to feel lost and you know at the end of the day success doesn't equal money. And everybody has a very different idea of success. And um, I think it's really important that we all understand what our idea of success is, so that we can make choices towards becoming that person. And this is this is right in alignment with some of the things that I'm I'm going to be talking about in this particular course that I've created and it is coming. I'm so excited to like just get it out there. I'm almost done with it. But um, you know, the heart behind it is that if we're not showing up to our life and our dreams and our goals, and if we're not showing up to our brands in a very strategic way, we're going to be so spread out. We're going to feel lost. We're going to kind of do like all these various things that aren't really helping move us forward at all. They're just kind of things that we've been used to doing. And what I've seen in, in the lives of the women I've worked with, and I've had seasons of this in my brand as well, is just, it doesn't, fulfill us. And so not only are we struggling, you know, with not feeling fulfilled, but then we don't know what's the next step to booking a client because we don't really know who our clients are or like, you know, what our dreams are and all those kinds of things. So, so that is coming. I can't wait to, to launch it and, and show it to you. And gosh, it's just, again, like, I just want to say thank you for being here and supporting this podcast, it means so much to me to be able to come here and share life stories with you and share just more about the things that I love. And it's just, it's such an honor to have you listening. So thank you. I can't wait to continue this journey with you. And you know what? Like I'm so excited and proud that on the other side of this year, I'm going to have all of these little marker points and like, we're doing this together. Like I really feel like you're here with me and I'm so thankful for that. So thank you for your love. 
I can't even tell you what it means to me to have you here. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Like, stay tuned. You never know what kind of crazy stories you're going to get around here. So I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.